Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. Perfect. We just have a quick video, um, so enjoy for a moment. Nothing works around here except for me. I've been running this hotel for 15 years and I have never had a day off. Oh my God! Sorry. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. And still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. Don't sit down there. That's too bad. It's broken. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a karaoke version as well. I heard a few voices going on. <laughs> Perfect. It seems like God wanted to talk about money today, apparently. So here we go. In that movie, Mamma Mia, um, the main character, Donna Sheridan there, she runs a resort in the Greek islands. And it's just her, and the resort is falling to pieces. Um, so she has this dream. It would all be better if I just had a bit of money. So in her dream, she does get that money but you don't picture her spending it on the resort, fixing the door handle, fixing the seat. No, she's there. She's there and she's spending the money on um, 
fancy clothes, on having a massage, on um, eating fancy food, and then the resort is still broken by the end of the scene. I don't know about you, but I think that storyline is so prevalent in our world today. This idea that you deserve a trip to Fiji, you have worked for your lunch out this week, or you deserve this, spend your hard-earned cash. And I think what the world is telling us right now is what we've earned is ours, and we can spend it as we want to. For example, I went to Harry Styles when he was on the Gold Coast two weeks ago. <laughs> and that ticket cost $200. When I bought the ticket, I certainly did not have the cash to spend on that, but I did. I wanted to go and I just spent the money without thinking about it. Some of you might think that is a waste of money and I do agree, it was a bit spontaneous. But then we were there and we were waiting in line and I saw this lady, she had a cardboard sign and on it it said, I spent 10 grand to be here. $10,000 to be at a Harry Styles concert. So, okay, just to quickly add up what that would cost. So if she was in the front row, probably $400 to $600. If she flew in from somewhere, maybe around $1,000. Accommodation, outfit. So even that doesn't add up to 10 grand, right? But then we found out as we were waiting, people were actually following Harry Styles around Australia. So they would fly to Melbourne, see both of his concerts, fly to Sydney, see both of his concerts, fly to Brisbane, see his concert. Some people were actually going to New Zealand to see his concerts there as well. Bonkers. That's more than 10 grand for me if you're going out to New Zealand as well. See, if the world is telling us what we earn is ours and you can spend it as you want to, 10 grand on Harry Styles seems okay. But if the world tells us that that is okay, I think we'll actually end up wasting our worldly wealth. So what is wasting money for you? It's a bit of a question, isn't it? I was talking to a friend about this a few years ago and I remember him saying this one line to me. You can tell what you value by your bank account. You can tell what you value by what you spend. So if you've got a moment, get your phone out, have a look at your bank account app, just quickly here with me, and see what your latest transactions have been. What have they been on? Have they been on food? Have they been on clothing? I know for me, I spent a bit of money at the German club last night with the family, and I didn't anticipate spending that much. There's, um, I went to Target the other day, bought some cushions, had my phone bill come out, I got a haircut, I bought a coffee. But as I was looking through that, I was like, wow, I spent a lot of money on me, A. B, I often thought, oh, wow, I didn't think I spent that much. Do you have those thoughts too as you just sit and sometimes reflect on something that you purchased or an experience that you had and you're like, oh, I don't know if that was a bit too much money to spend on that. Now, trust me, I'm not your financial advisor today. <laughs> um, I, a bit of a blind spot for me is finances and everything in that realm. Um, but the Bible 
talks a lot about finances. So it is an important thing for us as Christians to, to learn and to be wise about. So the passage today, as we continue in Luke, we pick up in chapter 16, verse 1 to 9. So it's on the screen there. This unit of scripture is titled The Parable of the Shrewd Manager. Now there's a good chance that this parable might seem familiar to you, but it might not at the same time, because it is unique to Luke. So this particular parable is only found in the Gospel of Luke here. Anyway, this story is about a manager accused of not wasting his money, but wasting his boss's money. So as we read in verse 1, Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. Just to pause on the word wasting. This is the same word that they used in the, the parable of the prodigal son who was accused of squandering and wasting his possessions. Verse 2. So he called him in and asked him, What's this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I am not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do when I lose my job here so that people will welcome me into their houses. So he called each one of the master's debtors, and he asked the first one, How much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, Take your bill, sit down, and make it 450. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master, or Jesus, commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So what's going on here? It's a bit of a peculiar situation. Is it telling us we should rip off our boss to gain friends? Is that what it's meaning? And the parable ends there. You don't see how the master reacts, and you don't see how the manager goes on after his job. So we're kind of left in this little limbo directly in the parable. So if we go back to verse 3 and 4, we see this little internal monologue of the character. Aware that he's been dishonest and squandered his master's possessions, he asks himself, what do I do? I'm not strong enough for manual labor. And begging, avoid every situation before having to beg. So he thinks, he comes up with a goal. What can I do? What can I do? Okay, I'm going to try and be friends with these people so that they will be kind to me. They'll offer me a house. They'll give me food when I have nothing. And so he, before he settles the, the debts and the management and the accounts to his master, he goes on and he tweaks it. On the system, he's tweaking what everyone owes him. It doesn't tell us why one bill is, um, is taken 50% and why one is only 20%. But the fact is he's trying to be, use his foresight to get on the good side of these people. 
And then in verse 8 and verse 9, we read Jesus' commendation of this dishonest manager. Now, it does seem a bit odd that Jesus is using this example with money. But it's actually not in the fact that he's dishonest. Jesus is praising him for his use of foresight, his use of securing his future, for his crafty thinking and for his use of resources for the best of his, um, for his sake. Now for us, we're a bit disgusted with this situation, but for the Middle Eastern culture, for an average Jew, it was actually admired if you could be shrewd. It was admired if you could kind of work things out for your benefit. It showed that you were clever and that you were smart. But what does the word shrewd actually mean? I didn't really know too much before coming to this, to prepare for this. But it means to show sharp powers of judgment, to be astute, intelligent, clever, canny, and savvy. Yet this is the only place in the Bible where the word shrewd is used. So in this context, there, Jesus is calling for this cleverness in people. But the verse about the people of the light being more wise, sorry, the people of this world being more shrewd with their money than the people of the light. I think when we were at the Harry Styles concert, I was there with my friend Luke, and he's not Christian. And he thought that that was outrageous too, that lady that had spent 10 grand on the tickets. And so here's Luke, a non-Christian with a different, different world of view, different perspective, knowing that that was outrageous. But Luke, he is studying full-time, he's working full-time, he has saving goals, he um, is going to buy a car, and he, he has this really calculated, really savvy, really intelligent way with his money. But he's also the first person to be generous. He will always offer lunch, he will always offer fuel money, He's just like that. So I think in his mind, he, he thinks, I will pay back generosity for generosity that's been given to me. So I can see him in this manager, this man who is calculating how he can be securing his future to be on the good side of those people. But what this parable is saying, even people who know or don't believe in an eternity you have no world of view of a God. They're shrewd with their money. So how much more willing should we be to be on account with our money? The manager in this parable was securing his future. So I think for us, we can understand this parable as we can be shrewd with our wealth to secure our future. I think Jesus is calling us to be shrewd, to secure that we will be there with him in eternal dwellings. Now just to take a back step, we are saved by grace through faith alone. That is how we are saved. But here Jesus is saying, think about your money. Use it for the kingdom. So in my head, Okay, great, I'll have to budget. I'll have to budget and I'll have to think about it and I'll have to solve the problem. I was Googling how to be financially um, wise, how to um, set up 
um, things, set up an account, I put an account aside, maybe that would be a good thing. Maybe I put account aside, money I can give away to people. That will be good, tick that box, cool, awesome. But I just, when I was thinking like that, I felt like I was missing the point. I felt like I was missing the point because money was still my master. A few verses below this piece of scripture, we read that verse that says, no one can serve two masters, in verse 13, sorry, I don't have it on the screen. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So I was sitting here, and this might just be for me, I don't know if it relates to you, but in my effort to budget and in my effort to control every cent, money was still my God in that moment. Money was still controlling where I was dividing everything. What I wanted was still controlling where I was dividing everything. I just felt I was missing the point. See, the world tells us what we've earned is ours and we can use it as we want to. But if we believe that, money is our master and we will just waste our worldly wealth. However, God tells us that what we've earned is his gift to us. Just as the master entrusted his possessions to the manager, God entrusts his possessions to us. So God, our master, asks us to steward our worldly wealth wisely, shrewdly, for the kingdom. So as I was in this little bit of a confusing spot, I realised that money was my God and I prayed. I was like, God, help me, help me. Free me from this, free me from this. Do something this week where I can actively just change my mindset on this. So I went to a friend's house um, and I mean to tell the story humbly. I went to a friend's house and we were just chatting and she's going through a bit of a rough time and she's financially stressed uh, and she was just mentioning that she just doesn't have money to, to just spend on like any of the like, little extra things, you know, like coffee or just like the nicer milk at Coles, just like very tight, very tight. And in that moment, I just felt the Holy Spirit. Before I could even think about what I was saying, I was like, Hannah, I will give you $100 a week. You spend that as you will. But I know that this is God's generosity. And we just, we just cried. And we, I've never experienced that of knowing that this was God's provision and that this was... What I have is not mine. And if it could benefit her... I knew that was what God was wanting me to do with my worldly wealth in that moment. But if God asks us to steward our worldly wealth for the kingdom, what does that look like now? If our bank accounts tell us what we value, is the kingdom of God a priority in our transactions? Um, Last year when um, Fiona and I were getting closer as friends, 
we, a few of us were supporting Fee with um, the news of her pregnancy and everything like that. And we knew that finances, we just wanted to be helpful. And finances was something that God put on a few of our hearts to, to give to her. Um, so we kind of had a group of friends at that point and we um, collectively got um, eight grand together to give to her. Um, but it was actually amazing seeing all of those transactions come into my account and just to see people give to, a, give to the kingdom, to give to someone in need. And it was amazing and it was beautiful. Um, but I was in need too. And I was praying to God and I was like, Lord, eight grand. I know this is for Fiona, Lord, and I know you are generous, um, but I am in need too. And that was really hard for me to pray that. Um, and so a few months later, all of that money got to feed and it was awesome and it was um, glory to God for all of that. And then I was leaving the ministry in the city and, um, yeah, bank account was zero. Um, and one of the guys in our church pulled me aside and he was like, Ashley... I have some money to give to you. It's not mine anymore. It's yours. Here's eight grand. So this is a story of someone on the receiving end of someone's generosity. And for me, it was his, when he gave it to me, his word and his, his sentence of this money isn't mine anymore. It's yours. And for me, he got it. He got it. He knew that his finances weren't his. He knew that this money was set aside. God had obviously put that on his heart to put that aside. And God was working and he knew and he was faithful. And it blew me away how faithful this friend was to the Lord and how it blessed me. So as you go this week... Don't write a budget. Don't set aside, I'm going to do $10 a week. Maybe that is a good thing. But I think God is calling us for a, a bigger picture, a holistic willingness to give of everything that he has given us, a willingness to give of all of our possessions. Today, particularly our worldly wealth. And pay attention to your friends. Pray that God would speak to you in a moment and you would just know that this is it. Ask him for strength to make God the master of your, of your life, not money. And I pray that our bank accounts would reflect that the kingdom is our priority. And it is amazing to see that most of you are already doing that with the the feedback that Leanne shared this morning. So if you already feel like, oh, yep, no, I'm pretty generous. Amazing. Maybe there's something else that God is calling you to surrender and to give up even more. And if you are in need, pray to God as well and he hears you. And I pray that as a community we can see each other's need 
and we can invest into the kingdom here. We can invest into the, the people who God has placed us with. Cool. I'll lead us in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you are the provider, God. God, we thank you that you, you know everything, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you have entrusted us with your possessions, Jesus, that we do not earn any part of our wealth, Lord, but you have blessed us with jobs, with income, Lord, to live the lives that we do so blessed here in Australia, God. Jesus, would you free us from the love of money? Would we not fall into the patterns of this world, God, but would you be our master? God, change and transform our hearts and our minds to, to believe in you, God, that you are the God of our finances as well. In Christ, I pray that you are close to those who are in need. And Lord, would you encourage us to ask and would we be able to respond according to your Holy Spirit, we pray, that your kingdom would go forth in this world, Father. And would we be faithful to whatever you call us to respond. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.